Welcome to the Broker to Broker Real Estate Podcast, where we have real, raw conversations with industry leaders, finding out how to connect, support, lead, and ultimately make an impact and drive results in the lives of your agents. I'm your host, Nathan Daniel, and welcome to the show. All right. Well, today we have Mr. David Thomas from Thomas Real Estate Services in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And uh, we are going to be talking a little bit about ancillary businesses inside of a brokerage. And I wanted to bring David on uh, today because, David, you have a property management company that you have on top of and alongside of a residential real estate company. Is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. Well, we're going to get into it. But before we do that, I want to say, first off, thank you for being on the show. And also, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, about myself, um, I'm actually retired Air Force. I retired after 24 years of service um, and joined my wife in real estate. She got her license a couple of years before I retired. Um, we were doing regular standard residential brokerage. Within about two or three years, we decided that we needed to add property management uh, to our business. A lot of our military uh, clients were leaving. They needed someone they could trust to manage their properties. Um, so in 2012, I actually started um, as primarily a property manager. I started my firm uh, while both my wife and I were uh, brokers with a different firm. You can do an affiliate in North Carolina. Okay. Uh, so I started a side firm and I did nothing but property management um, up until 2017 um, and did it out of my house. Um, 2017, we decided to go full service independent. Um, we got a brick and mortar office. I, we're up to about 12 uh, agents on the residential side. I have two assistant property managers um, and things are going quite well. Okay. Awesome. So uh, first and foremost, thank you for your service. And you said, how long was it? 24 years? Is that what you 24 said? 24 years. 24 years. Thank you for your service. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and to your wife and your family too, because I know that's a, that, that's on them as well. I know we have family members also in the Air Force that uh, have retired, and, and and so, anyways, that's that's cool. And thank you for that. Um, so, really, starting um, in 2012 is when you started the property management. And now, yes. how many how many properties are you at today with the property management? Um, I've been up to about 120 uh, at the end, around the end of the last year. But uh, our market here has shifted from a buyer's to a seller's market. And my wife has sold like 20 of my rentals. So I'm, we're just under like 100 right now. Okay. Uh, but I'm hoping to get back up to about 120 to 150. 150 is really where I'd like to be. Well, I know that uh, a lot of, uh, uh, as the properties, obviously the, the market shifted to very much a heavy seller's market across the country in and especially in those lower, I don't know what your price ranges are, but in our market, anything under 200,000 right now, it's gone like overnight and there's multiple offers, which is a good thing. You know, I mean, for, for several investors, if they're like, Hey, this is an opportunity do 1031 or something, go into multifamily or another property. Like there's, there is some opportunity there. So I get that. Um, so, all right. So we're at a hundred now or around a hundred and you still have your 12 agents that are producing and, and mm -hmm. everything. So let's kind of go back to the beginning. Like if I am a real estate broker and I want to consider doing a property management, 
like we one we're, we're going to talk about like what to avoid right there's going to be yes. some things like i would not do this again but what do i need to make sure i ensure that i do to set it up for success and then how do i not only turn this into a a, a very good profit center um as for the for the company but also turn it into opportunities because I do see it as an opportunity for the agents that are on the residential side as well. Mm -hmm. So I'd really like to cover those three points if you're open to that today. Certainly. Okay. So let's start there. Like, let's go back to the beginning and starting this thing out. So the first thing to do is research what your real estate laws are in your local uh, jurisdiction. Um, we are lucky that we were able to have dual affiliations in North Carolina. I don't think that's the case in all states. So your first step would be to check with that, check with your managing broker um, to see if they would allow you to do it. Um, a lot of brokers would not because of the increased uh, liability. Uh, property management is the most litigious part of real estate. It also sees the highest number of license law violations. Mm -hmm. um, so I would be hesitant. Uh, in fact, within my own company now, I do not allow my agents um, to manage properties. Um, it's you can do it within the scope of your license, but I don't allow my agents to do it. Um, so then if an agent comes to you and says, hey, I have an investor, they want to buy this property. You you say, OK, uh, it, it needs to be managed under. Under the, our firm, the, yes. the firm and the firm is the one that does it or they need to find another person because we can't do any property management under the residential side. Correct. The liability. Okay. Yes. Um, so, and then once you get that sorted out, you figure out what kind of, how you're going to structure your firm, uh, then you have to figure out how you're going to structure your business, uh, whether you want to start an LLC, which was what we have done, uh, or an S Corp. Um, both of those are important. Then you have to go through your secretary of state, set, get all that set up, um, and then decide what kind of structure. Okay. So, and, and so in this, in this particular case, like you're the owner of two different companies that are doing two different levels of service, right? Um, so property management, residential real estate. Is that what I hear? It's not two separate firms. I have one firm license oh. um, and it, I actually have a DBA of doing business as. Okay. So Thomas Real Estate Services is the firm. That is what I'm registered with the state as an LLC but I do business as Team Thomas Rentals. Perfect, okay. So then let's talk a little bit about the liability. Um, I know you said definitely check with states, which we highly recommend doing that, obviously, because every state's different and you wanna make sure you do that. As far as liability is concerned, um, is it a different type of insurance? Because I know on the residential side, just to yeah. the mission, but yeah. is it a different type and different level of insurance that we need to be looking for? Um, you definitely need to talk to your E&O provider and let them know that you're going to be entering into property management uh, because there will be an increased cost for that, for that coverage. Okay. All right. Any recommendations? Like if I'm just starting out and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to dabble in this right now, get 10, 20 properties pretty quick. Is there a level of insurance we need to be looking for? And if not, maybe it's just the guidance of the, you know, facility. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've actually found, you know, to be just not a big hurdle to get across. Okay. Um, when I, my ENO policy, um, I keep telling them I'm adding, I keep telling them that, that I'm adding agents. Mm -hmm. They're like, fine, we'll reevaluate you at the end of the year. Hasn't been a big deal. Uh, they know I do property management. Um, 
they don't put a lot of limits and things like that. Okay. So then setting up the, uh, the structure of the company, like in understanding the law, created like the liability, putting all that in place. You also have to have an escrow account, like a specific yes. type of escrow account for this. Right. And so you need to find a bank that does do commercial banking. Um, and that has to be set up as a, tr has to either say trust account, uh, which is what we usually term it, at least here, um, or escrow account on all of your checks, all your deposit slips and your bank statements. Um, Okay. You need to have your EIN number through the IRS um, in order to open that with the bank. You okay. couldn't open a trust account just as an individual. Okay. So then as far as uh, I've got that, I've got that set up. I've got my trust account or escrow account, whatever it's called in the state and by a commercial banking uh, department. Let's talk about like technology. Do you use like a spreadsheet to track this? Do you use QuickBooks? Are, are there specific real estate property management programs? Like mm -hmm. how, like starting out, how did you start out? That was one of the big things I wanted to research before I started this. Um, there are many property management software uh, companies out there that provide total systems. Um, the one that I choose is actually uh, chose is called Rentech Direct. They're out of uh, Washington State. Um, they are a comprehensive program and I've been with them since the very beginning. I've actually grown, um, with them as they've, or they've grown with me as my company's gotten bigger. Um, they're very affordable is actually based on the number of properties that you manage. Um, and they provide a full service solution. So all my trust accounting is in there. Um, my business and operating account, I can account for all that with their accounting software. Um, they have screening modules. I can do all my background checks through them and it's very affordable. Um, they do all my applications are online through the company. I can accept credit cards or debit cards through their, um, their system. Um, and the tenants can all pay rent through the system too. Um, they do, uh, a, I debit everyone's account from an ACH do uh, automatic clearinghouse payments. Um, and that's how I pay my owners too. So everything comes in through the ACH. I deduct my management fees and your repairs. Then I send the money out to the owners. Okay. So this, it sounds like that's a totally immersed program that will actually help you run the, the, the company. Like it's, it's a, really a, a good software system is indispensable if you're going to run this uh, business. Okay. So, and we know technology is so diverse and there's so many different uh, pieces of it that, uh, it works for some people and not for others. If I'm looking and, and definitely thank you for the recommendation and I'm sure people are going to check into that. Um, if I am looking for something, what do I want to make sure that I incorporate? And I, and I have in here like accepting applications, payments, trust account, ACH, making sure that the, the software does that. Is there anything else that needs to make sure that it's capable of doing? Um, you want to, the biggest thing in, in our state uh, is your trust account um, accountability every month. You have to do a um, reconciliation and you have to do a trial balance. The reconciliation is to make sure all the money going in and out of your uh, is uh, accounted for in your bank statement. Your trial balance is to make sure each individual uh, landlord's account is uh, consistent and correct. Okay. So those are records that we have to do every month. They are auditable by the state. 
that is what gets most people in trouble when they are not doing their accounting. Um, so um, North Carolina will actually um, has sort of software that's certified that will pro produce the kind of reports they require. So uh, that's definitely something to look into to make sure that uh, what your trust account uh, reporting is what requ is required in your state and can the software produce that kind of report. Okay. Uh, so having all of that, it definitely sounds like there needs to be uh, one, this also goes back to the state and what's what would be an approved technology for the state. So if you were audited um, because of the number of <laughs> complaints and everything else that happen inside yeah. the property management world, making sure that your system is set up in a way that you can click a button and yeah. instantly give a report to whoever's asking for it that shows a, a trail. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So then as far as um, the application, let, let's transition to the application process. Cause I know you said the technology did that mm -hmm. um, with having um, so many properties. And you said you had two assistant managers, you have 12 agents that serve on the residential side with applications that come in um, and, and property turnover. Like, mm -hmm. can we get into that a little bit? Sure. Uh, with the applications, um, so we we do uh, credit checks, social security number verifications, uh, criminal background history, uh, employment verification, um, all the standard kind of stuff. Um, what we found works for us is our standard is we are looking for 600 credit scores. Um, we put most of the weight on people's credit score. It's the only objective factor that we can judge you know, tenants mm -hmm. are, um, how well they pay their bills. And what we will do for couples, we will average their credit score and that can actually, you know, add them together, divide by two, that can help people or hurt people. Um, keeping those kind of high standards, I think is very important. Um, it has actually helped us stay out of court. Um, I, I told you the other day that um, we've only been to court to evict people twice since 2012. Right. Um, right. Property management companies in this town are in court every month. Um, and that's what I wanted to avoid, obviously, because it's better for the tenant. It's better for my homeowners um, just not to have those issues. Um, so with the better job we do of screening at the beginning, the less trouble we'll have throughout the term of the lease. Okay. Yeah. I know I used to manage uh, a few properties. Um, and and that was a that was a big piece for me when I got their reports. I would look at the because uh, I depending on the length of the yeah. account that they have open, like the credit reports are really good on like green, yellow, and red. And you can kind of see trends and patterns in people's world. Right. Like um, that was one thing that I was always able to do is go, Hey, like I see you're really good on credit. And then all of a sudden something happens in this year right. and everything like stop, like talk to me about what happened, you know, and then we can get sure. into it a little bit. Like, is it a, is it a pattern or was it a major life event that caused something to happen, right? right. So it's and people have those issues. They, they get yeah. sick, they get divorced, they lose their job. Um, and there's always gonna, there should always be flexibility in your system, uh, but you have to apply your standards across the board equally. Um, the last thing you wanna do is get any complaints about your screening process. So it all has to be fair. You need to have those standards published. It's um, before they finish their online application, um, that whole list of criteria is there. So it's all published. 
um, so they understand it up front. Um, but at the end of the day, I will take that background screening and I will discuss it with the individual homeowner, the landlord, um, and let them make the final call. So I'll give my recommendations. I think, you know, it's kind of risky, but, you know, it's up to you. Um, you know, here's what's happened in the past. Um, you know, and sometimes you would make an exception, but it's going to be an informed decision made by the owner of the house. Gotcha. So you put it back in the homeowner's hands to make that decision. So I have somebody that comes in, they get approved, and you're like, you know, this is a good person that we can then go out and show some properties to, uh, or if there's one specific one they want to look at. Do you ever find yourself in a position where you're like, you know, this person actually can qualify for a home? Do you go that route with them? Do you offer it or do you continue just down the path of rental? Um, I do all the time. And because we're in a military community, uh, the vast majority of people do have their VA home loan entitlement, um, but they've never used it. They don't know how to use it. They don't know what the, the process is. Um, so part of my uh, discussion when I'm out there showing the houses is I will do those pre-screening questions. Um, I'll ask them, you know, you know, here's the disqualifiers. If you have collections or judgments from rental property, you know, do you know offhand what your credit score is? And that's how I ask them. Um, and I'll actually pre-screen people on the phone too, uh, before I even set up appointments. Um, but if they're telling me they, oh, I've got a 650, I've got a 700. I'm like, really? You should probably be buying instead of renting. Um, our home prices here in, in Fayetteville are very affordable. You can usually get a mortgage for less than you're paying for rent. So I definitely have those conversations and I convert two or three people a year, if not more. Okay. Um, and that's one opportunity I give my agents, my residential agents, I give them the opportunity to show uh, potential tenants, my rentals and make those conversions. I so then on the, on the front end, and you're also allowing them to also show the property as well, like to build the relationship with the tenant, actually oh, yeah. let, let them go out and, and if they're like, you know, we do want to rent, You'll actually let them take them out and show the properties. Oh, certainly. And, you know, and, and I stress to my agents, um, you know, showing rentals is not particularly profitable. Uh, our commission on a rental property here is 10% of the first month's rent. So you may make a hundred bucks, but it's somebody else to add to your database. It's a new contact. Stay in touch with that person throughout their one-year lease. They may be ready to buy when that lease is coming up. So it's an opportunity for them too. Okay. So then you're giving them the opportunity to follow up, build the relationship. And at the same time, now they're in your system as far as being a, a tenant. And then as a company, you're probably also doing your routine checkups and everything on the property. Do you find a lot of people at the end of their lease having conversations with you about buying or staying put or breaking like obviously there's three choices right we stay put we break the lease or we're going to go buy a house mm -hmm. how often do you find them transitioning to buying a house um quite often very often um it's happened i think i think for we've handled probably four or five tenants that are buying so far this year mm -hmm. um through us now I've had some tenants buy through other agents. I don't like that to happen. Um, those are missed opportunities for us. Um, and that's something that we need to work on within our company is um, making sure that they know. And, I, and several times they said, oh, I didn't know you, you bought and sold houses too. I'm like, well, that's our, really our primary business. Um, so, and that is a missed opportunity for us. And any, 
any one of our tenants that finds another agent with another company is a missed opportunity. Yeah. So and it sounds like having some kind of tenant relationship management system, tenant, uh, what did I just, a, a way to educate tenants, not only on what you do, their, but their options as well, whether Absolutely. it's buying and, and selling or, you know, I think that's, a, that's important because if it does come back to, hey, we're not only doing this, we also do this and we can right. help with all aspects of the home process. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's what we want to do better on. Okay. So then definitely having a, a system in like, like that in place is, is going to be important when I'm looking at starting something like this. It's yeah. just that extra layer that, you know, looking back, if, if that were in place now, like it, it might look a little different. It might be instead oh, yeah. of four a year, it could be eight to 10. Oh, absolutely. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. All right. So, you know, we, we've talked about the initial setup, understanding the laws, the rules, those kind of mm -hmm. things, setting up a business structure, whether it's LLC, S-Corp, those things. We talked about technology and systems and, and resources that we need to be aware of. Um, we've talked about the opportunity with um, tenants to convert them to buyers on the front end and on the back end. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk now about uh, everybody's concern, thoughts. I have a hundred properties that I'm managing. I don't want to get that. Oh my gosh, the toilet's overflowing at 10 a or 10 p.m. midnight. Yes. Water heater yes. bust. Let's talk maintenance. Like let's get uh, into it. Let's see. I think we've had over 20 air conditioners go out so far this summer. Oh, it's a good summer for yeah. that too, isn't it? Uh, yes, it's it's wonderful. Um, so I do encourage my homeowners to have home warranties. Um, home warranties are a double-edged sword. There are some companies that are good, some companies that are not good. Um, and we do make those recommendations to our homeowners. On the whole, they will save people money, especially with HVAC repairs. Um, but they're a pain to deal with. It takes days to get one of their contractors out there. Um, so I do encourage that. It will save them money. Um, the biggest issue for property managers is we don't have, um, we don't have contractors on staff. Um, but I do have a regular, I have probably two, uh, really good general contractors. Well, they're handymen, uh -huh. um, North Carolina, you don't need a general contractor's license for that small jobs. Um, but they do about 80% of our stuff. Um, I have a very good HVAC guy. Um, so you need to have those kind of service providers, um, that are reliable, that can do work for you, um, on the weekends or in the evenings. Um, those are essential because you will be getting those calls. Um, now we are small enough that I can still be hands-on and I will go out and look at people's properties. Um, that is one of the selling points I make to my uh, homeowners that we, um, I will go out and look at stuff for them. Um, I will go up and crawl in attics. I would have been down in the crawl spaces. Um, now some of the other stuff we do, I have, uh, extra window unit air conditioners I will deliver when it's going to take three or four days to get air conditioning. Um, in fact, I got to go pick up a refrigerator out of somebody's garage that I dropped off when their refrigerator would broke. I got to do that later today. Um, so having those kind of that kind of equipment that you can um, kind of placate the tenant until you can get the repairs done is important. Uh, it goes a lot toward uh, eliminating complaints, making people happy, and, and really it's just the right thing to do to try to, you know, get the house back where it should be. Wow, well, that's 
And it's, you know, especially when there's kids involved and everything else or elderly, like you've got to, you've got to make those, those, well, the effort really. And so you were talking about like the, the equipment and I, I just kind of triggered me. I'm like, well, it would actually make sense. And it reminded me of somebody um, I knew a while ago that like he would be going to, um, oh, we'll just call it the big box stores, Home Depot, Lowe's, that kind of stuff. And he'd be doing something like on the weekend. He'd always go down the aisle where there's like the ding ding stuff. And if there was a toilet sitting there or or something and it was a really good price, Mm. he would actually buy that, take it to his storage and put it in there. And it might sit there for a year or two years, but he knows in his mind, like I've got enough properties. I will eventually use this. That's a very smart thing to do. Very smart. Uh, buy in bulk. Um, garage door openers disappear all the time, and uh, they aren't cheap. They're like thirty-five dollars for a universal remote. So yeah. um, I buy those in bulk on Amazon. I buy smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors in bulk, um, all that kind of stuff. So uh, creating an inventory of the things that could go wrong, right? The big, the big trouble. So garage door openers. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I know he also uh, did hot water heaters too. Like there was a, a warehouse wow. stuff going out where he bought, I think like 10 of them and he just put them in his storage. He's like, they're going to go out eventually. So I need to at least. That's a really good idea. If you got that opportunity. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't one of the big box stores. It was a small appliance shop and he's like, boom, let's do it. So that was a, that was cool. So I like having the inventory of the necessity things that, that you can put in place. But I want to go back to the um, the the contractor piece of it, the the handyman's and everything else. Like having that many properties, and obviously, I think, uh, of course, like the the margins inside the property management, while they're not big on a single property, they can grow. With obviously, if you're at 200, 300 properties, right. there's margins there that could justify. I'm going to hire one person on staff to be the handyman, right? Right, and and that's actually. Um, I think once you get, yeah, like you said, about 200, uh, that's probably a good idea that you're going to have a constant stream of work orders where you would keep them busy every day. Um, or if you're managing a multifamily property, uh, it would be wise to have somebody that's available on site, um, to do something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so if we're not at that point, obviously if we're just starting like, yeah. to do this, how yeah. many in your opinion, how many handyman contractors do you need to have in your Rolodex mm. that you can call on? Because I, I don't know about your experience. My experience is there when they're really good and then you share that with somebody. Oh, they're yeah. Gone. yeah. That's the problem I'm having right now because we, we are selling so many houses. Um, my agents have my standard handyman. They're doing renovations and painting and doing carpet and fixing up all these houses to sell. Um, so if you have, I would say at least two to three backups um, for your, you need electrician, you need a plumber, you need uh, HVAC, you need general handyman, um, at least two, if not three. On top of the ones you already have. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So on average, um, how many calls do you get after, let's just say 10 o'clock at night, if you have a hundred properties? Um, at this point, I probably two or three times a week. Okay. Yeah. Not too bad. Not too, not too crazy. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, that's not bad. And that's manageable, especially if you have a couple of assistants that, you know, I, in my world, what I would do is I would probably set up a rotation amongst the three of us. And if some major goes wrong, then, hey, call me. Like, I'll be um, there. And I, um, my hourly W-2 staff, um, I try to take very good care of them. Um, and they are very willing to take these after-hours calls and text messages. We have a group text that if I get something, I forward it out to them, and I know it's going to get taken care of. So uh, take care of your employees. This is not a nine-to-five job. Mm -hmm. well, and I think it's important setting that expectation up front with them as well yes. because it's it's not. It's not like you're going to be sitting in front of a leasing office at an apartment complex where it is yeah. that type of job. Well, the maintenance on staff or like on staff or on site, guess what? They work after hours, even if they're on site. So, okay. Well, that's, well, well, that's been very, uh, been very informative because I know the big challenge, the big thought around this whole thing is what is my time that I'm going to have to commit to doing this? And if it sounds like there's systems in place, if there's people in place to help me, yes. then this is something that can be totally, um, a great ancillary business to add to any brokerage. And of course, like it's going to be some good sustainable profit income that can come in, you know, yeah. that that's going to help pay the bills. It's going to help pay for additional services or ad, ad, additional value. If you are growing the residential side, there's a lot of back and forth that I see with the property management side of the business. Yeah, the property manager side has, has definitely helped us with our, our uh, fixed costs. Um, it has allowed me to give uh, provide my agents with a very competitive compensation plan, uh, which keeps them happy uh, and producing. Um, so it really is, but it's also a scalable business until you, if you think you're going to manage 5, 10, 15 houses, you are going to spend a lot of time and not make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you want to do it, you need to jump in with both feet and try to build that portfolio of properties um, as quickly as you can. So you're going to make a little bit of money on it. Um, and I've got my properties are spread across three counties. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, we haven't even, even talked about that. Like, you know, what is the, the distance between these properties? Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it's 30 to 45 minutes typically. Okay. Yeah. One, one way or is that both? One ways? way. <laughs> okay. I, I remember I was in Dallas and I had a property that, so oh, I lived on yeah. one side of Dallas and it was on the other side of Dallas. However, you know, yeah. of course issues would come up and it'd be certain times a day. And I'm like, okay. Or somebody wanted to see it as a tenant right. and I would, uh, yeah, I'd hop in the car and drive across Dallas and it might take me an hour, an hour and a half to get there because of traffic. And next thing you know, I'm getting there. And of course the tenant doesn't show up or, or something else. So this led me to something else. And I'm curious, like, how are you utilizing technology today? Because this is what I did. Like I, I got burned a couple of times on yeah. doing that. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I've got to figure out a way. And this is back in 2000. Well, this is about 2009. Well, it's been about 2010. And I'm like, Cell phones have cameras. I've got a digital camera, like those one of those old school flip cams. They were amazing. So I was like, I'm recording this. It's empty. It's perfect. It's pristine because we have to do in, like before walkthroughs, after walkthroughs, all that stuff. I'm like, market, Nathan, let's do this. Let's go in. Let's record a walkthrough of this home. So I'm not having to drive an hour and a half exactly. to go through the property. So I'm like, yep. 
anytime I'm like, if you're interested, here's the inside, go watch this video. As soon as you're done, let me know. And we could submit an application that way, or I can schedule a time with you. That's not during business, like heavy traffic time. So how are you like, that was my experience in my office. Um, how are you doing marketing with properties? That's why I have my other agents. Okay. Right. <laughs> I give them to my, we have a group chat for the agents. I was like, Hey, I have somebody's interested in looking at a house who can show it. Okay. My agents are scattered all across our area that we service. Uh, so someone's usually close and most of them are happy to take it. So, because they got that possibility of a lead. Yeah. Uh, so that's worked out really well. Um, within our, our property management software, we do have a website. We put a lot of photos on there. Um, on the applications online i've said that before um so that's that part's worked out really well um and like i mentioned i try to pre-screen people on the phone um, i'll ask them and i'll tell them what our criteria is do you have pets you know do you have any judgments collections what what's your credit score um and if they say i don't know I don't know what my credit score is. I say, well, you should probably check because most of the property managers are going to use that. Uh, give it a go, give it a look and call me back. I'll be happy to schedule an appointment. Um, that saves a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. That saves a lot of time and, and wasted trips. Well, uh, okay. So final question, going back, looking at your history inside of, uh, inside of property management, inside of real estate, is there anything that you would do differently than today? If you were starting over, I would probably hire an assistant earlier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, five years. I didn't have one. I did it all myself. Um, and I probably should have got one about two years in. Okay. Yeah. All right. So how, how would, how did you know at that five year mark where you're like, I need to have an assistant? Um, I think I was up to probably 50, 60 properties at that point. Um, and it was just running me ragged. It was every day. It was every day. I was going someplace, looking at something and then going home and doing the paperwork. And um, I definitely needed help. Okay. Um, you know, either I'm going to stay in the office and do paperwork or I'm going to go out and drive around and, and deal with the tenants and deal with the houses and that kind of stuff. So um, having that staff to handle most of the paperwork, coordinate the work orders uh, has helped immensely with my time and time management for me. So. Okay, cool. Well, everybody, we've been talking to David Thomas with the Thomas Real Estate Services Group from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, David, I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, and then if somebody wants to look in, if they're in the North Carolina area looking for a property manager, uh, what's the website or how can they get in touch with you? Uh, and I'll make sure I'm going to put this in the show notes as well, but what's your website? Um, easiest way to get a hold of us is through our Facebook page. Uh, just look for Thomas Real Estate Services. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure that's in the show notes so everybody can find that. Again, David, I really appreciate your time. I know that there are several brokers out there looking for ancillary services. And I think property management is just a natural progression to what we already do that's going to add additional value to the company. So again, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Broker to Broker Real Estate Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to the channel. For more information, tools, and resources, go to www.brokertobrokerpodcast.com. And always remember, be you and be real. We'll see you on the next episode.